What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another Timmins podcast, uh, the most talked about podcast in Goshen. I'm saying it here, I'm saying it now. A couple quick business things. One, uh, if you haven't, go check out the YouTube. Uh, YouTube is bumping. Uh, it's Timmins podcast. You can just do youtube.com slash Timmins podcast, subscribe. Uh, check out some of the videos there. Not all of my podcasts are on there, but I do have a good selection there. I'm going to try to keep posting to YouTube. Um, I'm seeing some growth there, and I think it works. It's symbiotic. So if you haven't subscribed, I'd appreciate it if you do. Uh, check out my other podcasts. I have the Dadcast, uh, where my dad and I get to some wild things. And then also, um, if you ever want to advertise on Timmins Podcast, just hit me up. Timminspodcast at gmail.com, and uh, we can talk about what that looks like. I've had advertisers before. And I'm looking forward to having him again. So, okay, enough with the business. Uh, I got a great guest here today. Derek, welcome. How are we doing? I'm doing good. How about yourself? I'm doing good. Yeah. Good. Got, got our coffee here. So. Yes. Got a beverage. Yeah, we're good. Got a conversation coming. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, man, I'm excited to podcast. Uh, kind of here. You'd reach out to me. We kind of, we've been talking. We've talked multiple times. We have yes, yes. Um, and and various different avenues, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, you've got an interesting story. So I thought it'd be fun. Well, you said, "Hey, I'd like to come on a podcast about, it, or at least tell my story." And I'm mm-hmm. like, "This would be a great place to do that." Um, Derek and I, we know each other from church and other various functions <laughs> outside of church, and um, yeah. So you know, I thought it'd be good. Let's do this. All right, let's have a little conversation. Let's do it. Let's have it. Let's hear a little bit about Derek. <clears throat> Anyways, I'll I'll uh just give him an intro. Who you are, where you're from, and then from there, let's kind of. I think that'll start to peel the tapestry back, so we can actually see what what your life story is. So. Yeah. So Derek Newland, um, as Tim had mentioned, uh, we go to church together, yeah. so we met there. Um, from Walkerus, Indiana. Uh, now live in Goshen. Uh, been here about a year now. Mm. So, um, surprisingly, I enjoy Goshen a little bit more than I thought I would. Um, so, that's been good. At least yeah. I, I enjoy cool. I enjoy just being able to walk up town and. You're get close. A, you're also on Eighth Street. Yes, we're both on Eighth Street. It's yes, just north. The, yeah. North of, North of town. Yeah, so. you're north side, I'm south side. It's all good. Yeah. Across the tracks, and, you know, whatever. But <laughs> um, no, it's it is. It's nice that you have. It's so close. You can walk to the pumpkin vine. You can walk to all the oh, different yeah. things. There's so many different places. Yeah. You don't know that until you kind of move downtown. You're like, oh, right. Oh, this is accessible to me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the pumpkin vine is just like right there by yeah. the house. So yeah. In the cemetery, if you want to go the other direction, that's a yeah. really fun. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. 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 Have you ever, I'm totally now hijacking combo. Have you ever taken the path from the cemetery all the way to Oxbow? I have not actually, but we passed Oxbow and I was like, man, I forgot that was there. Yeah. Like, we should go walk there this summer, you know? Yeah. It's like six miles from okay. the, from go from where your house basically. Gotcha. And it's, if you were to bike ride, which I, that's what I would typically do. That's what I've done. I've never really walked to it. Um, it's like a 30 minute bike ride. And then you're in Oxbow for free. Mm-hmm. You can go do whatever. Took Allison one time. Um, I took my friends. I want to do like a picnic and you know, yeah. a lunch. Just go <clears> out, <throat> picnic there, some field, and then come back, you know. Yeah. Something cute like that. Something cute like that. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> keep going, man. No, but um, yeah. So been here for a year. 
um, enjoy it. Um, yeah, and I'm just, I don't know. I don't know. There's there much, not much else to say. I mean, yeah. I, I would say the reason I'm on here is, and I don't hope I'm not Go hijacking what you were saying. Do it. Um, was to just talk about my experience uh, uh, growing up in the United Pentecostal Church. Um, so I've been out of that for about mm, six years now. Yeah. So. Was that the, you were like, that's what you grew up as. Yeah. The first church you went to, main church you were part of, all that stuff. Well, I mean, uh, the doctrine itself, we always believed that. Um, I didn't really start going to a church that was a part of that organization until probably 15 years old. Yeah. So 15 to like 27, somewhere in there. Yeah. It's about 12 years. And you're kind of in the vein, but then you really got plugged in. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, it was more of, um, you know, the the church we were going to um, was, well, there was only like 30 people that went there. And so they just kind of wanted us getting us involved in like youth group and stuff like that. They didn't really have that there because there weren't very many people that went. Right. Um, So we started attending a church um, in Mishawaka um, when I was about 15. And was um, it, it's bigger. Yeah, it was probably 150 people. Yeah, so it's a lot bigger than 30. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so a lot um, of kids your age, maybe, and things like that. Yeah. No, actually, at the time, there was probably more than that when we first started going. Yeah. So there was a lot of youth. So it was we were able to. I mean, they were, they were always having functions going on, and we could easily be plugged in pretty much all the time. So. Yeah. <clears throat> but um, yeah, from there. Um, you know, just being in youth group and stuff, then you start going to the church camps and the, con- the youth conferences, and um, you just kind of get plugged into all that, and you meet all these other youth from all over the state that come to these conferences and camps, and so you make all these friends, and um, you just get to know people, and uh, before you know it, you know, that's like basically your life, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so that that's kind of how it was you know, probably from like 15 to 20 or 21. Um, and then I just kind of branched out and stayed, stayed within the organization, but just started going to a different church. Um, and I was there for about six or seven years. And then, uh, that was just kind of, that was about the, um, that was about the amount of time I was involved with, with that until I left. Yeah. So, but it was interesting. I mean, um, I guess at first you're just like, oh, that's kind of weird. They, they do that or, or whatever. Um, but then once you, that's like your life, it's just normal. You know what I mean? Right. Um, and then it's Little, not until you. Like things or patterns or ways that they do things or expectations or that that's all weird at first. But then when you become part of the group, right? That's yeah. You're saying it's like, oh, this is just how we do it. Yeah. This is normally, For sure. you know, when you're in, a, when you're in. For me personally, when I'm in Amish country, I see an Amish person, <laughs> I wave because that's what they do. So if do. I was to ever go into Chicago and wave at every single person, <laughs> they'd be like, they'd probably kick me up, you know, beat me up or whatever. Who knows what, right? Might not go too well. It, yeah, exactly. But in one culture, it's normal. Another mm-hmm. culture, it's like, what are you doing? Yeah. yeah. Chill, bro. For sure. But yeah. So, and then you assimilate and get used to it mm-hmm. and it just becomes second nature. Yeah. Uh, the amount of times I'm walking somewhere out of state. 
And I walk by someone and I say, oh, sorry, oh, sorry. I'm like, oh, man, I'm so Midwest. Yeah. That ope, you know. Oh, oh. squeeze past you here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just so second nature here because everyone does it. Right. Yeah. But anyways, sorry. Keep going, keep going. No, uh, you're good. So, <clears throat> um, so like I was saying, yeah, it just kind of becomes part of who you are almost. Since I would almost venture to say that it, it almost becomes like your identity. Yeah. Um, which, you know, is never good. You, you want your identity to be in Jesus, not in something or someone else or, you know, whatever. Right. Um, and it's not until I left that you start kind of unraveling everything and you're like, man, like, like I didn't even realize like how, um, just religious and um, spirit of religion, you know. Yeah, legalistic. How, yeah, legal. Maybe. That's yeah, that's what I was looking for. How legalistic you were, and you don't think you're legalistic. So when you're when you're a part of that, you're just like, okay, oh, there's things that you think that are legalistic when you're a part of it, hmm. but when you leave, you're just like, oh, it's all legalistic. You know what I mean? Right. Um, and, and and I'm not saying that no, every you know it's all bad. There, there's some good things, but I would say uh, the majority of it is is it's pretty legalistic. So mm. kind of coming out of it, you're starting to almost unravel it a lot more. Yeah, like you said, I'm sure there's a lot of great things. I mean, but when you started to step away from it, it was like, oh yeah, I'm seeing where this road led me mm-hmm. here and here and here. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, so I would say that um, there's just a lot of rules, a lot of legalism, a lot of rules, rules that aren't necessarily biblical, but are still implemented. And it's like, um, if you don't follow these rules, then you are, especially if your your pastor has, has set the rules or, or the standard, you know. It's like even if it's not biblical, you still have to honor the man of God at the church. So, you know, honoring him would be honoring what he's asking you to do. So it's like you're still sinning if you're not following these rules because you're disobeying the man of God. Um, so there's not a lot of room Authority. for disagreement. Yeah. Yeah. There's not a lot of room for What's, disagreement. Can you give an example of those rules? Just like a just a one-off example. Yeah. So um, oh, there's so many. Um, I would say and, – and of course – they would say, oh, it's all biblical or whatever. Um, and depending on your pastor, some some churches are less strict than others, more strict than others. Um, but the overall general rule, I would general rules, I would say, a lot of the modesty standards. Mm. Um, you know, for women, there's there's a lot more than than for the for the guys. Um, you know, skirts, dresses, generally past your knee at least. Um, Long sleeves, not everyone, but some, uh, definitely can't cut your hair. Hmm. Um, generally no makeup or jewelry. Um, let's see. Yeah. That, yeah. That's a good example right there. Yeah. And for the guys, it's... Facial hair. Yeah, for the guys, it's like, uh, don't... Depending on what organization you're a part of, um, facial hair, some is... is for some, it's allowed, but at the same time, it's still not highly looked upon. Right. 
Um, Can I give an example? Not of a church that you went to, but a church that I kind of grew up in. Yeah, go ahead. So I had hair that touched my ears. Okay. Right? And there was one passage kind of that could be, if you take that one solo verse that Jesus said Mm -hmm. offhandedly here or there, they made a case that's a church I went to that guys couldn't have long hair. Um, And so the long hair standard was if it touches your ears, it's long hair. And so I've... I used to have like the Bieber cut. Oh yeah, you imagine, solid. Right, yeah, yeah, a little swoop to the side. I'm just trying to imagine your. I have you, pictures. So yeah, I'll, okay, I'll, I'll check those sometime. out. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so yeah, that would have been that I had a, a conversation with them. We and there was a there was a combo. Um, and now if I go to that church, I mean, I have a man bun. For sure. Got yeah, so man, my hair is long. Probably it's, a no no. It. It's not touching my ears, so I'm inside the rules, but it's looked down on. For sure. Like, they would come at me with some type of argument, not super convincing. I'm not going to cut my hair because some person at church told me to. Mm-hmm. You got to come down and write it in the sky <laughs> before I cut my hair. <laughs> but um, yeah. it, 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 would, it, it would be looked at. Like, oh, what's that? Yeah, what's going on here? Yeah. Let's play aside, have a conversation. Yeah. And 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 um the conversation I've had with people at this church that I went to, so it's totally different than was one of, hey, this is what we think. Um and I'm like, okay. So I respected them talking to me, but it wasn't like you're out of the church if you don't cut your hair. It was just mm-hmm. like, hey, you need to assimilate. Yeah. You know. So it, and I think sometimes people do that. Yeah. I just it's not biblical. At times. I think there's times for it to be biblical for certain things that someone's doing in your life. But in order, let me just say this, in order to have that conversation with someone, you need to know them well enough to like be able to see their their life mm-hmm. and then have the favor to have that conversation. Mm-hmm. It's not like I walk up to someone who walked into my church and be like, you need to do these things. And I don't, they don't even know me. Yeah, You know, there needs to be like a relationship. For sure. There's a lot of that that goes on. Yeah. Um, funny story. Um, I remember actually going to a WPF church, which is World Pentecost Fellowship. Okay. Um, a little bit more strict um, than the UPC. Of course, I've been out for six years, so I don't know if that's fluctuated or not. But I just remember going to that church with a friend from my church, and we just they had a they had church on Sunday nights. And at that time, I think we had stopped having Sunday night services, so we we're like, oh, let's go. So we went up there, and um, of course, I've never been there before. My friend, I don't think he'd ever been there before. We walk in, and um, the usher kind of takes us to our seat, and he goes, are you, are you UPC? And we are like, yeah. And he was like, oh, okay. He was like, you know you guys have kind of strayed from the truth a little bit, right? <laughs> I was just like, uh all right, cool. Like, how do you respond to that? You know, yeah. I don't know you. You're saying this. It's obviously rude. And you know what? I talked to somebody uh, later on who went to that church th- about that happening, and they're like, oh, I'm so sorry. That should never happen. Right. So it's not like... It's not everyone. Yeah, it's yeah, not yeah, everyone. Yeah. Um, I think that's in any organization. You're gonna it's got to be, for sure. Percentage-wise, someone that's a little... Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, so like you were saying, facial hair, long hair... Um, I guess my thing is, um, if it's not in the Bible, let's not preach it as, you know, the standard. Um, 
If you're preaching something, make sure it's in the Bible. Don't let it be something you're preaching because that's what you've heard preached mm. for, you know, 30 years or 20 years or however long you've been involved. Um, just, just know what you're talking about. Know it's, know it's in, in the scriptures about certain things because it can get really dangerous and you push people away. Um, and obviously this is just very shallow stuff we're talking about. We'll probably get a little bit deeper into yeah. scripture and all that kind of stuff. But, um, yeah. And th- there's a lot of, um, self-righteous righteousness that goes on. Um, I mean, you, and you feel it, you feel it. Even, even, you know, we would go out to eat and I'm guilty of it. You know, you walk into a restaurant and you just feel better than other people, mm. which is <laughs> because you think subconsciously, you know, the truth and they don't, and they're lost and you just feel better than they do, than they are. Um, so, which is a terrible, um, way to think and live your life. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's go ahead. It's interesting. Cause you're describing one, your experience, yeah. but I'm literally like this, this is, this applies to the whole church, mm-hmm. the whole Western church across the board. Like how many times, I don't know. I just see a lot of church members who aren't actually diving into the scriptures, aren't actually like spending time in the word and they're just regurgitating what their pastor or church says because it's easier to not think it's easier not to get into the nitty-gritty because if you look at the bible it's it's weird and it's not it's not as black and white as everyone wants it to be right this is the way this is not the way there's some stuff that it Mm -hmm. is but then other levels like the more you peel it back the more there's it just expands yeah. Exponentially, the more you peel back and try to understand what what this fa- passage is actually saying, yeah. it expands ten times more. And you're like, well, now I have to figure out this, and then this, and then this, and then this. And every time you figure out one piece, that piece then fractures into another ten things you got to learn. <clears throat> it's so it's deep, yeah. and it's super. And that's the Bible, but I it's that's the. Anyways, you're talking, and I'm like, man. You're literally talking about the the Western Church, yeah, as a whole. In a way, I see that people walking in on their Sunday best at Sunday, and they look down at the family whose kids are running around, and they're you know maybe in pajama pants or whatever <laughs> at the Chinese buffet. You guys are both eating garbage food at the Chinese buffet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, and one's wearing nicer clothes than the other. It doesn't mean you're better than them, but there's that mm-hmm. feeling there. Yeah, yeah. Chinese buffet gets worked on Sunday. <laughs> it gets worked over, dude. I don't know if you've ever been to the Chinese buffet uh-huh. on Sunday, but holy cow. I wouldn't know. I'm not a big Chinese guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can't even honestly stand the smell of going into really? Chinese right no, yeah, yeah, probably better off for that. I'm good on that. Yeah. You're probably way better off. And you get there and there's like the, you're like going through getting your food and there's just like a fish head. Yeah. You're like, whoa, what is this? <laughs> it's it's uh, General, General Powell's chicken. Nah, I'm good. I'm good on that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so I I thought it was interesting what you said, and I I'm I'm gonna try and keep trap keep on course here, but yeah. I do want to say this: it's like you you just mentioned that there's like we, the Bible is weird. There's yeah. weird things in the Bible, and let's just let's just go ahead and establish a rule of thumb here. If it's weird, there's probably something deep behind it, because mm. most people read the Bible and they're like, oh, that's that's weird. I don't really understand that, but I accept it and just keep moving on. Well. If it's weird, there's probably something really deep behind it, and it's probably worth exploring. Yeah. 
Um, I've been listening to this podcast, well, and if you yeah. if you get the little like, what is this? That's probably yeah. God talking to you, saying, explore this a little. Bit. Yeah, explore this. Look you into like, the language, the culture, all those yeah. things. You're gonna you're listening to this podcast. Yeah, and I'm not trying to like. No, go for it. Yeah, there's a there's a podcast called the Bama Podcast. Yeah. Uh, have you heard of it? Yeah, I've yeah. listened to it. Okay, I actually met uh, not Marty Solomon, but the guy who helps Marty. Billings, yeah. his last name, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Met him at a conference, and I then talked to the whole team that does all the podcast stuff. Really great people. Yeah. Absolutely awesome people. It's super deep, too. Yeah. I mean, you're just listening to the podcast, and you're like, oh, my word. Like, this is just opening up the Bible. Like, like people think the – let's just be honest. People in the West think the Bible is boring. Yeah. They do. Oh, 100%. So you listen to something like that, you're like, man, this is, like, super interesting. Like, I am locked in. Yeah. I mean, I've just been listening to hours of it, whether I'm at home, I'm driving, I just yeah. have my headphones in. It's, I, I the, really enjoy They it. were telling me that at the conference I was talking to them, and they want to get to the point where on the Bible app, you can read a commentary per verse or listen to an explanation of each verse by Marty or someone on their yeah. team on the, I forget, uh, whatever the main Bible app is. Um, thought that was pretty cool yeah yeah no it's it's uh for anyone who has never listened to this it's bema which is b-e-m-a podcast and it's marty solomon is a hasidic jew so uh from the jewish culture Hmm. and he's talking about the bible in a jewish lens but he's a christian Christian, right yeah yeah uh did i say hasidic messianic jew is what i wanted to say so he believes in the messiah is jesus and then he's from that lens explaining culturally different aspects of the Bible yeah. to the Western world, which is fascinating. Like fascinating. He really gives the East what the writers of the Bible were all Eastern, so they're writing to Eastern people. So he yeah. really puts it in a lens of what how they would have thought through the yeah, Bible, they, would have thought through those scriptures, how they would have wrestled and yeah. and and just thought on those things. Or how they would have saw yeah. patterns in the Bible differently than we would have ever. It's just like sure. yeah. Yeah, that's great. I really enjoy it. Chiasm. I never knew what a chiasm was yeah. until I listened to that podcast. Yeah. Like, oh, this is fascinating. Very interesting. So. And I know that you, you had mentioned Lens. And mm. uh, that's one thing that, um, you know, now leaving um, the organization I was a part of, uh, you realize that the Bible is always read through the lens of which you are taught. Um, so when you read the Bible... Um, you're reading it, um, you're taking in information, but as you're processing the information, it's all filtering through the lens of how you interpret scripture. So a lot of times, a lot of times there's no room for growth, um, because, um, somehow one way or another, you are tying what you're reading to your doctrine or how you believe it. And, um, it's tough to grow that way. Um, yeah. So doctrine's there. I'm trying to figure out doctrine because I'm seeing it in a lot of different places. I mean, every denomination has their doctrine. Has a doctrine. And each denomination is, I mean, and I'm, I interact with different denominations all the time. And it's, uh, for instance, my wife, her church, they do, uh, totally forget what it is, but part of their service is reciting this, like, uh, I forget what it is, but it's this, like, thing about what they believe there's the, like their belief statement yeah and I, there's a there's a biblical word for it and it's totally blanking or a christianese word mm-hmm. for it 
catechism. It's not catechism. It's something that <laughs> also is similar to like Catholic. Anyways, they, they recite it and it's like, this is what we believe summed up into one paragraph. Yeah. And it's good to say that every Sunday. So we remember, yeah, we're part of it. And I think the reason why doctrine was placed was because people, because it is, the Bible's weird. People were going off pretty fringe. You see that historically yeah. onto some weird stuff, like real weird yeah. stuff. Um, you can't. Yeah. And so they want those guidestones in place to keep yeah. people heading in the right direction. Which is good, but right. that can become legalistic. That can become. Right. Right. So you have all these different denominations and, you know, um, all of them probably to an extent have a form of legalism involved. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, so from my point of view, when I was a part of the United Pentecostal Church, you would think that, oh, Catholics, Lutherans, you know. These people that, you know, go through all these, you know... Rituals. Rituals. Yeah, and so, or traditions. So legalistic, right? Yeah. Um, but if you take take a step back, you are legalistic as well, just in kind of the opposite way. Right. Um, you have things you believe, and this is why you believe it, based on this, this, and this. Um, a lot of it's legalistic. So really... Um, I used to call, uh, I consider myself non-denominational now, but I used to think, I used to call non-denominational, non-denominational people, uh, the Burger King religion, have it your way, you know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> do whatever you want, go to heaven. Yeah. Uh, that's not true though. I mean, there are some that, that do oh. absolutely do that, but yeah. I, I would say, um, oh, yeah. I feel like non-denom is more like, Hey, we're just, we're just here to worship Jesus and to be free in that, not being held down by rule of man right. and, and those types of things. Yeah. And there's there's pros and cons. Yeah. What's the church that ha- was in Warsaw where the pastor, did you see that thing on Facebook? Yeah. That was not in Denam. Yeah. Well, I mean. He was kind of. Shoot. You're going to get that yeah. anywhere. You know what I mean? Yes. Uh, but when you don't have an authority structure, you can kind of do whatever you want when you're like the pastor. So there yeah. is principles to, and for people who don't understand, denominations, one of the nice things, again, with that is they have a structure. This is how it works. You can't just be a rogue agent doing whatever you want. Right, exactly. Right? And in the yeah. non-denominational world, you kind of can. Now, d- there are non-denominational churches that have good structure. Yes. Ours, Ours is one def- of them. Absolutely. So that's... And that's not bias. We're, it's it's really one of the most spiritual spiritually healthy churches I've ever yeah. been a part of. Yeah. I really appreciate it. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's okay. Come visit. Mission 72. We'll give a quick plug. <laughs> yeah. So. 10 o'clock on Sundays. Anyways, Goshen, yeah, Indiana. 10 o'clock. Goshen, um, Indiana. Anyway, sorry. Back to you. No, you're good. Um, kind of lost my train of thought there. Yeah. you. I, I had a thought, if it's cool. If I was, Go ahead. Yeah, interject. You were talking about um, kind of the, <clears throat> you know, the, the way we look at things. We call them Burger King. You know all that stuff is mm-hmm. you know where this this is the way, and it, it can be kind of kooky at times. And we were talking about at Asbury College, mm-hmm. yeah. And um, kind of it's funny because you know it's it's never going to be good enough for anyone. And there we were prior to doing this podcast, we were talking about the haters of that experience. <laughs> and there there's many haters online yeah, for sure. of Asbury College, the revival that's happening there. Um, and you're more than welcome to be a hater, but it's funny cause it's on both sides. It's the real, um, uh, non charismatic. Cessationists. Like, yeah. yeah. They're like, this is how it is. 
and it's it's not online, and then the real charismatic are like it's not enough. Right. You know, it's they're the same people. They're just in different camps, yeah. but they're literally like kind of the same people. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and that's the religious spirit talking. Mm. Um, you could research any revival that's ever happened, maybe worldwide, but definitely in this country. Um, most revivals have stopped because someone comes in, starts critiquing, mm. and the spirit of God stops moving. Um, this is a street revival that was. 19, I think, 03 to 1908, something like that. Um, and there was a lot of crazy, awesome things that were happening, like supernatural miracles, like um, manifest presence of God. Um, just so so much so that there were people that were coming in just to see it. Yeah. And people would come in, and they were just, well, that's not of God, that's not of God, you know, so on and so forth. And it stops. Hmm. And... Um, you know, God is a God of seasons. Um, what the church needs in this season might not be what the church needed in 1903. Um, we're just a, a different place um, in history, um, different place in the church timeline. Um, so to say that this this is what a revival needs to look like in every situation, yeah. um, it's it's just it's it's false. It's it's God. Put, God put, is this God of seasons. You're putting God in a box. Correct. This is what God can do, and this is all God can do. And yeah, when you put him in a box, you're God at that point. Yeah, he's in this box, and you're outside of it. Mm-hmm. That's stupid. I can tell you this. I was there. I went to the Asbury revival, and there was public confession of sin, public mass repentance. Um, Worship that was, I could just, I mean, I genuinely felt the presence of God in the worship. Um, it wasn't super charismatic, like a lot of the cessationists. Of course, you know, one thing um, happens and it's, oh, it's charismatic, right? Like right. one thing that doesn't line up with whatever they believe. I mean, I know what they believe. I'm not going to get into that. Yeah. But, uh, um, oh, it's just, it's not, nope, they're casting out demons, you know. One guy spoke in tongues, or you know, whatever. Right. And then you have the 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 hard hardcore, you know, Pentecostal side who's like, man, people aren't getting slain out in the spirit. People aren't dancing. People aren't speaking in tongues all over the place. And this isn't happening. It's not a revival. And it's just like, man, like, like there's just this. God is put in a box. This is how God operates, and this He cannot go outside of the parameters of that box yeah. or it is heresy. Yeah. Um, and that's a problem because God is the God of the universe and you can't contain God. He's not contained by space, time, matter, any of those things. Right. He's not contained by what you think he should be or how you think he should operate. I don't care what side of the coin you're on right. and God can do whatever he wants, when he wants, how he wants to do it. Yeah. Um, as little or as, as much as he wants. Absolutely. Yeah. No matter what it looks like. And let's just be honest. And I've I've been a lot of people don't know what blasphemy means. Hmm. They like, you know, everyone's probably scared that they blasphemed at one time. Like, scared they're not going to make it to heaven because they blasphemed. Most likely, if you're scared that you blasphemed, you probably haven't. But the biblical definition of blasphemy is accrediting something the Holy Spirit is doing to Satan, or 
discounting it completely and saying it's not of God. Mm. It's not of the Holy Spirit. That is biblical blasphemy by its definition. Um, if you're looking at it, if you really dive into the root word of the word blasphemy um, in the Greek. So yeah, uh, just, just letting everyone know. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, I think I, I like how our pastor says the Holy Spirit's like a dove. <clears throat> and that's how you see it in mm-hmm. the Bible all the time. And imagine if you had a dove on your shoulder, right? You know, you want to be really sensitive to it. Like you, you're not making quick movements. You're not like, oh, look at this or look at that, right? It, you do that, the dove's going to be scared off. So you just yeah. got to be sensitive, you know, and a lot of that's just being still and quiet and processing what's going on. For sure. And you'll know if that dove moves or not, if that's an actual, but that's a more you thing, not a, let's just post on social media about how bad this whatever is. Yeah. Haters these days, but uh, yeah. Yeah. Let's get back to hating on your church. <laughs> no. And I just want to make it clear. I'm not I'm not hating on anybody. Uh I'm I, not gonna I mention, saw the joke there. Yeah. I, I mean You had a you had an experience. I think yeah. it's good to talk about um I think it's good to talk about it, man. You're kinda of unraveling a lot of the stuff you went through and one, it's helpful for people who are already a part of that. You may be experiencing similar things that Derek is, whatever church you go to. Right. Yeah. Um, and so it's good to think about these things. Yeah. Like if you're not processing or going back and think, you know, what's that internally like processing stuff? Contemplating. Contemplating. Yeah. Understanding what's going on. Um, and you're just okay with the status quo. You're not growing. Yeah. It's not good. You're not growing. Yeah. And, um, you know, if you ever start do researching and, and you start studying and, you actually start studying outside the lens of what you've been taught, not nece- not necessarily just throwing it all out the window, but yeah. just opening up a room for God to actually speak to you on some things without having this subconscious thought of how it has to align. Um, I mean, if if you start doing that, you're you're gonna God's going to start showing you things. Yeah, and it's okay to question the Bible. It's okay to question. It's okay to question. Uh, what your pastor's preaching if it doesn't seem like it's totally right. Yeah. Um, it's okay to ask questions in general. Uh, yeah. Um, it doesn't mean I would you're say almost question the pastor every single time because yeah. he's a human. I mean, he's not God. Yeah. And so kind of the pedestal people put pastors on. Yeah. 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 The I think there's a book called Zombie Pastor, or you just see that like it's mm-hmm. this huge, and it's like the hierarchy is God, Jesus, pastor people or pastor deacons people and then people can never talk to god because they have to go through this chain of command you know yeah and when mentally i'm just kind of throwing something out there but i think you know it's really like you're connected to god it's a one-on-one relationship there's no in between yeah and it and, and let's just be clear it doesn't mean that you shouldn't have accountability yeah oh yeah absolutely should have accountability that's not what we're saying we're not saying that we should like you you had said something about going rogue like it's that's not something that we should be doing and so in that sense, the denominational setup sometimes can help with that. Yeah. But also, if you're not a part of a denomination, you also don't have the barriers of what you can and can't do in terms of like, if God is asking you to go do this, well, I got to get permission from so-and-so to do this. And does it align with like our, our uh, doctrinal beliefs? Right. Okay, it does. Okay, you can do it. You can't do it. Uh, you're not being held back by those things. Um, you obviously, we still have 
accountability. We, st- we still go to our pastors and talk about things if yeah. we're not sure, whatever. There's but, a reason but why. But there's a freedom. Pastors are, there's a, yeah. pastors play an essential role. Yeah. And um, <clears throat> they're there for a reason, but there's other pieces of that pie as well evangelist, prophet, you know, apostle, mm-hmm. uh, teacher. teacher, right? Those are all different roles of people in the church and they work together. It's not a, one above the other. And that would be the problem, I would say, with the UPCI or just any strict Pentecostal denomination, probably many others. Now, I'm sure, where, right, UPCI on one side, and then also oh, uh, sure. sensational, sensationalists oh, on this side, too. 100%. Probably similar. Very similar. But different. Yes, very similar, but different. Very similar in the way it's structured, different in beliefs. Um, so, yeah, it, it's just interesting. Um, I remember... Um, talking to a friend, and uh, I was up in South Bend. I don't know. This probably was about five years ago, four or five years ago. Um, there was a man from Malawi that came in, and he. Um, we're, there was a conference. It was a small conference, but he came in, and I remember just being in worship. And um, while we were in worship, I just feel, it was one of the strongest, if not, if not the strongest presence, absolute presence of God I've ever felt in a. In a place. And I remember just being on my knees in worship, opening my eyes, and there was not a person standing. Uh, they were either on their knees or on their face. And, um, you know, the the guy that came from Malawi basically was like, hey, you know, if you have anything going on in your body, whatever, just come up here. We, we, we just I really feel like the Lord wants to minister to you. I don't know. There might have been 15 or 20 people lined up, and he went down that row. And just laid his hands on every single one, and every single one of them got instantly healed from what they were, what whatever their infirmity was. Wow. Um, I remember telling my friend about this story, and she was like, "Oh my gosh, that's so amazing! That's awesome! I, God is so good." Um, but then she asked me, "Well, what, what does he believe?" I was like, "Oh, he's, you know, he, he believes in the gifts of the spirit, and you know, oh." Is he? Does he believe in the Trinity? Oh, um, well, yeah, but oh, and it was almost like it was almost like there's all these things, these amazing things happening. God's doing all these things, but once you find out that His beliefs don't align with yours, it's like you that other side just doesn't matter as much anymore. Um, it's like the Pharisees, like they were just so focused on Jesus not following the law the way they interpreted the law. He's doing all these miracles, and they're like, he's you see what he did on on Sabbath? Yeah. It's like, okay, you didn't see the guy who got healed, right. you know, he was crippled, you know, he just picked up his mat and walked. Mm-hmm. Sabbath, can't do it. Yeah. Like, it's it's such a religious mindset and religious spirit that is going on to the point to where... You know, I would almost venture to say, I'm not going to put words in her mouth, but if I were to ask her, actually, we had the conversation, so I probably can say that she said this, but, um, well, he, I don't know if he's saved. You know, God's working through him, but I don't know if he's saved. Wow. Oh, so you knew, you know, the the end of the Bible says, or I'm sorry, it's not the end of the Bible. Jesus actually said this. It says, you know, in that day, people will say, Lord, I cast out demons in your name. I healed the sick in your name. And so on and so forth. And Jesus would say, well, depart from me. He that work iniquity, I never knew you. You know, the word knew 
it's obviously translated as a relationship. It's right. relational. It has nothing to do with um, what you did. Because I just honestly to be very clear, like there's nothing that Tim and there's nothing that you and I can do. There's nothing that anyone else in this world can do to be saved, to get to heaven. The the only thing that saves us is the sacrificial blood of Jesus Christ. That's the only thing that saves us because there's nothing good inside of us that makes us worthy enough to be able to be saved. I think that baptism and repentance and things of those those na- you know things of that nature are um, essential for conversion. Um, and if you're going to be a follower of Christ, you should do those things. But those things don't save you in right. itself. Right. What saves you is what Jesus did because he's the only one that could reconcile the disconnect that, that mankind had to the Father. Yeah. He's, that's it. And so a lot of the um, churches, especially, and I just keep referring back to mine because this is my experience, um, got to repent, got to be baptized, got to be, uh, got to be repent, be baptized in Jesus' name, and you have to receive the Holy Spirit with the evidence to speak in tongues. That is how you're saved. That is a salvation formula. Plan. Formula. formula. Yeah. Right. Um, if you really dive into the scriptures, I don't have time to go into a whole Bible study. Obviously, if, if you want a Bible study, <laughs> you can always reach out to me and we'll have some. Uh, yeah, I'll give you. Yeah, yeah at the end. That, yeah. But, um, and in the show notes, if you want to pause the episode now, you can see ways to contact the, the show more. They'll have your, you know, wherever we, whatever contact info you have. Okay, perfect. So that's on all the, especially if they listen on the podcast episode, you can yeah. find that. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's definitely, uh, you were talking about, you know, it's not a thing you do. It's, it's not yeah. a works. Mm-mm. And that's pretty clear in the Bible, yeah. but it somehow gets right back in. Yeah, somehow it gets in. Uh, you know, well, skirts don't save you, but obviously, if you aren't wearing a skirt to church anymore and you've been a part of this, um, somehow you're in rebellion or somehow you've lost this connect with God. So it's not that that's what's sending you to hell, but most likely your heart's not right and it's showing on the outside now, so you're probably not saved. Like, that's the that's the mindset um, in that world. Yes. Yeah. Um, you know, you, you watch someone, a woman come in with a pair of pants. You know, say, oh, man, we got to get her to the altar, man. Yeah. <laughs> Pray her through and get her saved, you know. Um, instead of just loving the person, seeing the person how Jesus would see the person, you look at them as a object that we need to get saved yeah it just needs to you don't look at them as a person you, there's no love and care there yeah um of course they probably say oh yeah there is but we care that's why we want them to get saved but right. that's that's not your mindset that's not i've been there i've done that remember everybody that's listening to this, especially if you you're a part of that um denomination or, or world i grew up in this i had my minister's license in this granted not very long but this is this was my life. Like I know how people think. I know how it works. Yeah. And um, you saw enough of it. Yeah. Like yeah. you're not fooling anybody. Can I tell you a quick story? Go ahead. Okay. So, <clears throat> I have friends who worked for a church in Phoenix, <clears throat> and this church, when you talked objectifying with good intentions, mm-hmm. this was the 
literal epitome of that. So they would have churchwide high-level leadership meetings. So my friends worked in there, and they got into some of the higher level, and they're just like, this is not where we want. We're going to get out of this. But they would have meetings where they would look at counties mm-hmm. in Phoenix area or even townships or whatnot, and they would have all of their members who were going to their churches, and they had like 12 or 14 different campuses. So they're very large mega church. Okay. And they would look, and they would say, okay, this county only has 1% of that county is going to our church. So we need to invest more resources to make sure that that whole county, we at least get up to 20% or something like that. You know, They knew the numbers of how many of their members went to their church, and they would be like, okay, well, now we direct resources because we want more. It was a whole numbers game. Yeah. How do we advertise in this area to get more people to our churches? And then let's go to all the areas because they want to make sure every single place had, they're all going to their church. Yeah. It was about going to their church. About numbers. Yeah. It was, you know, and they could say saved, but the way that they're tangibly seeing it is how do we make sure that there's 5% in every county in Phoenix in our church? Mm -hmm. You know, it was very numbers minded, objectifying. Yeah. For probably good reason, right? People going to church, not bad. Their motive is good. Right. But but that's not, they're not seeing, yeah. That's not, yeah. It's just like, it just feels slimy. Yeah. On the on the other side of it, I'm like, Ugh, yeah. that does not. <laughs> you're, again, it's a formula. Yeah. And um, I get a little weird about formulas. You know, mm-hmm. formulas are a little creepy. Yeah. So, so I guess I'll uh, kind of get into the doctrine it, itself. Okay. Um, yeah. Just in turn, go ahead. I was going to ask. Um, it might be good for listeners to know how, what was the steps that took you away from yeah, the church? Yeah, no, that's good. Maybe we should cover that first. Yeah. Yeah, so, um, you know, it was, it was kind of a lengthy process for me, but also kind of quick. Um, so, but I'll kind of explain. Um, I used to be on praise when I was there. And, um, you know, you had prayer before, or, you know, prayer before service, and then you go out and, Obviously, you'd sing, you'd run praise team, and, you know, pastor come up, preach, and altar call, music, prayer, dismissal, right? That's pretty much how it went. Um, but I just remember, and, and trust, I'm not saying that I'm not guilty of this, but um, oftentimes, you know, everybody goes out to eat after church. Everybody. Um, so, hey, where are you going out to eat? So we go out to eat. Um and there was, there was a lot of gossip that would happen, um, not, not with everybody, but definitely certain individuals. People would be gossiping, whether it be about people in our church or other churches or just people in general, um, talking about people's lives in a negative sense. They might not say, oh, I was trying to talk negative about them, but we're talking about someone in not a positive light. That's gossip. Yeah. Um, especially if it's not to them and it's kind of just behind these closed doors, so to speak. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I'm definitely, I was definitely guilty of that. Right. Um, but I got to a point where, I don't know, it just started making me feel uncomfortable. Um, like the, like just even being around it to the point where I just kind of, I kind of just stepped down from singing. Hmm. Um, and then, so I just kind of, uh, just went to church and participated and just sat and still went to service. I just wasn't a part of praise, the praise team. Um, 
And then I, I got to the point where I was like, man, I just think I need to switch churches. Mm. Same where I wasn't. At that point, not thinking in terms of I need to just altogether get out, but I just need to switch church churches, somebody else's church. So I'd visit several churches, and I was just like, nah, that's not right, that's not right, that's right. So I'd always end up going back, and it was this process of just like visiting churches and nothing fit. So I would just go back to my original church. Finally, after, I don't know, several months of, of that, just dawning on me that, man, I just don't think God wants me to be a part of this anymore at all. Hmm. Um, so that's when I started kind of looking, just kind of started really the process of studying scripture for myself outside of that lens that I spoke about mm-hmm. earlier. And the more I did that, the more I realized, I don't think that everything we believe is true. Mm. Um, at least not in the sense that they, that we believe it. Um, or maybe there's just a misinterpretation. And so at that point, I just kind of removed myself, you know, um, had a meeting with my pastor and he was very gracious with me and just told him, Hey man, like I'm just going a different direction in life. Um, of course, I'm sure that I'm almost certain that, that most people that knew me that know that I'm not a part of that anymore, that are a part of that probably think I'm this huge backslider and, um, blasphemer possibly, and maybe on my, on my way to hell. Of course, I don't blame them for that because when you're in that thought process, that that is the way you're going to think about people who leave, Hmm. especially if they just start saying they believe something different. So I don't fault them for that. That's that's just their natural thought process, but it is wrong. Um, I feel closer and I'm closer to the Lord. Um, Do just as much, if not actually more, for the kingdom and for the Lord now than I did when I was there. Mm. Um, it's not this, I'm not just out doing whatever I want, living how I want. That's not how things are going. Yeah. Um, I'm sure they have seen that though. Uh, <clears throat> you know, yes. not of you, right? Mm. I'm not saying of you, but I'm saying someone who was going to the church and probably got rubbed the wrong way mm-hmm. in one sense or another, and then started untangling themselves from it, realized that there's lies there. I see this in all denominations, by the way. And I've seen this with friends and people that I, I'm acquainted with. And they then start rubbing and then they start untangling in some of the falsehoods that they believed, whether that was preached by the church or just seen because they're part of the group. Mm-hmm. And then they go the opposite direction. Yeah, it's I've, true. I've, and th- uh, there, it is, there's a danger there. And, and what I will say is, you know, if you're thinking about leaving because you're just not sure that, you believe, regardless of whatever denomination you're a part of, if you're thinking about splitting apart from that, um, it's really important that you keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. Because if you don't, it is very easy to slide off into heresy or just completely, the pendulum just totally flips the other way and now you're just living this life that is totally opposed to God. Um, it's easy to do that, I think. And I've seen it. I've seen it multiple times. Yeah. Um, people don't think that there's a way back, or if they do come back to Christ, it has to be through that particular type of belief system. Yeah. And they just don't want to do it anymore. 
And a lot of people in the denomination that I was a part of, I think, well, I know because when I left, I had several people reach out to me privately, um, basically commending me for what I did, but they just didn't know how to do it themselves. They, they agree with a lot of the things that I think and that I believe, but they just, they're scared. I mean, if you leave... It's their life. It's their community. It's your life. It's your community. It's your family. Yeah. Uh, if you leave, you lose a lot of friends. You could... Your family could basically just... I wouldn't say disown you, but... Yeah, but there'll be friction. Every time you go absolutely. to a family meeting or a family event or every time mm-hmm. you go, and there's going to be a little friction because you're yeah. not running with the same yeah. way the stream's running. You're kind of yep. going a little across it. And, 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 and people... people, An outsider might say, well... Oh, sorry, I went out of the mic there. An, out, an outsider might think, well, what's the big deal? Just leave. Right. But when it's your life, when all of your friends are at the church, when it's your whole family, when that is your life and it's always been your life, it is not easy to leave. And if you're not in a good place, I would say don't. If you're not in a good place with the Lord and you don't have, um, what, what, what am I thinking of? If you, if you don't have like a support system, in place, I would recommend not leaving until you have those things because you could easily fall into a very, very, very deep dark pit. Hmm. Um, I'd say it's so yeah, yeah. That's interesting. I would say you know, if you're if you're questioning things, I would honestly say go ahead and question it. Start unraveling it. Mm-hmm. And if you're not good with God, that's okay. Yeah, I think that's totally fine. And, you know. I'm not. I can't tell anyone how to live, but I. I think God's big enough that if He's real, you'll have an experience and you'll find it. Just be open to it, but don't be caught in the. This is how you have to do things, and don't also be like, uh, everything that I was taught here is garbage because of these things. And, you know, you, it's it's a balance. But mm-hmm. you know, if you're questioning and you're like, man, a lot of this stuff is garbage. That's okay to believe that. <laughs> that's there's freedom. I think God's God is freedom in a lot of things and so, uh, freedom yeah. from religion is a big thing. And you know what, wherever you're at on your journey, God still loves you. I believe that it's very clear to me. Well, yeah, God's love never ceases. Pe- yeah. God, God's always going to love. I- but I, I think you're right. It is good to be a part of a good community and have good yeah. structure. Um, not everyone has that. And you know, I don't, it's hard. I don't know everyone's experience. So sometimes I'm like, you know, maybe it would be good to stay. Sometimes it's like, maybe you need to get as far away from that as you can. Mm-hmm. And, you know, but keep knowing that God's real and question it. It's okay to question that, to figure that out. That's that digging and understanding for yourself. Just pray about it and ask God to bring people into your life that can help lead and guide you. Yeah. Um, or just show up. Ask God to show up. Yeah. Just that's super simple. He'll, he'll do it. Yeah. If he's real. He'll do it. He is. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I know, clear. but I'm yeah. going to tell that person. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 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 No, I get what you're saying. Yeah. Um, so, um, yeah, that was kind of my journey, and I ended up leaving. Um, There's a lot of people I haven't talked to in six years. Um, yeah. I remember specifically, and I don't know if this person will hear this podcast, but I know that they'll know who they are yeah. when they hear it, if they hear it. But I was at a local grocery store here in town, and um, I happened to see somebody from from my old church. Uh, and I was like, oh, hey, how you doing? It was their kid. 
Um, and I saw their mom. He, he was with his mom anyway. So I kept walking. It was like later on while I was at the store and I saw her down the aisle. And I was like, hey, how's so-and-so doing? Her other son. I was like, hey, how's... Yeah. I don't want to mention names. No, so, so um, how was how's he doing? Joe you know? doing, right? Right. Joe's my dog. So yeah. So <laughs> how's he doing? And um, basically the response was when I said, hey, the first time she turned around, it's like, oh, hey. Um, to the point where there was like a really long pause because she literally turned back around and just kept focusing on what she was doing. I was like, so how's so-and-so doing? How's your son doing? And then she kind of went on, kind of told me a little bit about her son. And then once she was done, there was clearly no interest in any further conversation. It was like, I'm going to go back to what I'm doing. And um, it was the type of attitude like, oh, there's that he's lost type attitude. I need to keep my distance. Not really interested in talking to you. Um, not, a, not a lot of love there. A mm. um, lot of judgment, um, which I feel bad because... I feel bad for him because honestly, like in my opinion, I wouldn't say, I don't, I don't ever like to say people are lost, but, um, yeah, like, we, it's, it was pretty closed off. It sounds like it, it's one of those things where it's like, I feel bad for you because you are locked in to this way of thinking and this way of life. And, and, it's like I would never question anyone's relationship with the Lord, but I know one thing: Jesus wouldn't do that. Hmm. So, um, if if you have a relationship, you should ref, your life should reflect Him. I, it's funny. I was listening to Beam a podcast, and um, he was talking about Abraham, and he was talking about the life of Abraham, the things that took place in his life, and. And like one of the main reasons God chose Abraham is because Abraham's life mirrored the character of God. And God was like, you know what? I can work with this. He's kind of like me in the sense of how he thinks and just his values and how he how he treats people and, and all of those types of things. I can work with that. So if you are a Christian, you should reflect Christ. You should mirror that. I didn't think that was a, a reflection of that. Um but I, I just feel bad because I think people, whether they believe it or not, they're, I think they're slaves. They're slaves to this system, and they don't listen to anybody else except for people within their denomination. It's, you just don't do it. Um, and so all of your biblical information is coming from one source, one source, different voices, but you're never getting any other perspective. Mm. It's just this one lens you're basically always looking through. Um, yeah. So... I think that's you know, I, it's interesting when you see Paul writing letters to the different cities in the New Testament. He doesn't say to the specific church. He's like to the church of Goshen, mm-hmm. you know. I'm gonna write this letter. Yeah, and just it, as an example. <clears throat> as an example, right? Yeah, Thessalonica or whatever. But it wasn't a specific. At that time, it was the whole. It was the whole town. I'm writing this letter to the whole town. If he was to do that now, he wouldn't say to the first. Brethren Church of Goshen, I'm writing you this. You would still probably write a letter to Goshen as a whole because it's we're one body. Yeah. You know? I mean, I think. Does that make sense? I think at that time. There's probably less, but I think if you were to even flip it, 
if he was to write it now, I still think he would be writing it to the. He's not going to one specific denomination. Correct. It's. Yeah, that's, I agree. It was that. never a, yeah. a denominational thing. Mm-hmm. And you see that. You know, maybe there was only one church, or maybe there's five or ten churches there. We don't know. Maybe there. I maybe we do know, and I'm just not aware of it. Yeah. Right. But, um, yeah. I just I wonder how much we get stuck in our silos. Right. Our way is the only way. Our way is the best way. Our way is the only way. I I, rem, I, I will say this. I just watched a video recently. on. Um, it was a guy preaching a, a message at a conference uh, in Tennessee. Um, a, a guy that believed the same stuff I used to believe. And he was teaching on the scripture, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man come to the Father but by me. And he went off on this tangent about our way, our experience is the Pentecostal experience. The way is the apostolic way. It, it, we are, like, the, the apostolic way is the way, truth, and the life. Mm. And I was like, man, like... That's rough. That's rough. I mean, you're... you're just seeing that right now. Uh, just literally, let's just... I just want to dive into this scripture for a second. I'm not going to go super long here, but... No man come to the Father but by me. Okay. So, let's just all kind of think about this for a second. What was the disconnect between mankind and God from the fall in Eden all the way up until Jesus? That sin, that that was the disconnect. So you had to, only one priest could go in one time a year, go into the holies of holies, you know, sprinkle the blood. And um, sacrifice for all of Israel, right? Yep. And, and your sins. Atonement for your sin. They had the right. scapegoat that they'd send out into the desert. There was a yeah. whole ritual that they did yeah. to like deal with the garbage that they were doing every year. And if they did specific sins, they had other rituals, like if they found a dead person in the middle. Like that's all the Torah. Yeah. So, it's like, how do we atone for the <laughs> for the sins of our are, people? Yeah, our garbageness. So that was how you basically reconciled back to God was through that yearly sacrifice. Um, there was no way to God. Even through that, there was no way to God. I mean, no one could really have direct, you know, direct contact or be in the manifest presence of the Lord because they would just drop dead. That's just a fact. Um, so w- through that, Jesus was the sacrifice that brought us back to the Father. So no man comes to the Father but by me. Like there is no other reconciliation. There is no other way to the Father. When we say in the name of – I'm going to pray this in the name of Jesus. Why are we praying it in the name of Jesus? Because there is no other name that reconciles us back to the Father. So if we come to the Father in our own name, God's not going to answer. He's not going to hear our prayer. But if we say, Father, I just ask for healing in the name of Jesus or in Jesus's name. Well, the Father hears your prayer because you are approaching him through Jesus in his name, the name of the one that died and reconciled us back to God. It's this scripture is being completely taken out of context, and that's the issue. Yeah, uh, it's just it's one know, of those issues. It's interesting that it's like it's literally. Um, you said, you know, again from what you what you heard, like it's the Bible verse is real clear. That Jesus is the way through, and then he's like Jesus plus 
this. Is well, he didn't even way. mention Jesus. He was like, our apostolic doctrine is the way, the truth, yeah. and life. And I was like, whoa, bro. Yeah. Like, no, that's the that's the interesting part is yeah. it's literally very clear what that scripture says. And then it's like, yeah, that scripture means this and the side of this and this and this. Yeah. It's like, oh, man. yeah, that's rough. And I'm sure a lot of our your listeners are probably wondering, okay, I've heard all these stories and, you know, kind of his story. And there's a lot of other stuff I can go into. We don't have that much time to go through all that. Yeah. But I'm sure they're probably wondering, what exactly do they believe? Do you want me to go into that? Yeah. Just high level. That'd be really interesting to know. What What is, like, yeah, what did your church believe? And, and go ahead. Maybe after that, kind of where you believe now. For sure. If that's cool. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so um, Oneness Pentecostals are very unique in the sense that um, they believe in the name, in Jesus' name, baptism, meaning when you're dipped, you are dipped one time, and you the words spoken over you are, I baptize you in the name of Jesus Christ. Okay. As opposed to basically any other denomination, they will use the words Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Yeah, or the way that you get baptized is different. I went to Grace College, and their big weird thing is they dip you three times forward. Yeah, like, Instead where of, do you find that in the scripture? It's well, just like, I don't yeah. know. It's exactly. Like, yeah, I don't know if it's really that. Anyways, yes, so keep going. Yeah, you know, so eat different strokes for different folks. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's funny. I one of my my geography teacher said that to really? me in high school. <laughs> different strokes for different folks. Yeah. You get baptized this way. <laughs> in some churches that are like infant baptism, it's you true. know. Like Catholic church. Yeah, or Lutheran or yeah. there's a lot of I mean, um my wife, they're they're big into infant baptism as well. So it's a more um I forget what the word is, but yeah. More traditional churches. Yeah. So they would believe um they believe baptism in Jesus' name. And the reason they believe that is um, because they don't believe in the Trinity in itself. They believe, and this is where a lot of people who believe in the Trinity think that that oneness Pentecostals are heretics because they don't believe in the Father and the Holy Spirit. Not true. They do believe in the Father and the Holy Spirit. They just believe that God the Father um, was manifest in the flesh, came down to earth as the Son, and when he died, his his spirit was released through the infilling of the of the Holy Ghost. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's basically what they believe. Um, they just have three separate. It's all one. Three separate manifestations of the same God. Yeah. Whereas a Trinitarian person would say, um, we believe in um, three separate. Yeah, basically three separate people that never disagree they all agree they're all one in consciousness all one yeah. they're all god and that's why i want this pentecostal to be like well you believe in three gods um honestly i've had this conversation multiple times with so many people and i i'm convinced that we all believe the same thing huh. just we're we're Not just me i believe in multiple gods. <laughs> there's more than three yeah. man. i believe there's a ton and i want to be very clear like i think i believe that, there's one creator creator yes yeah but but i think they're i feel like they're saying the same thing they're just saying it in a different way right um well that that coin you have has a a, (laughs) an eagle on it no it doesn't it has a picture of george washington what are you talking about (laughs) no the other side of the coin yeah exactly the other side of the coin yeah so yeah they 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 believe in repentance which is very biblical and then baptism only in the name of jesus and then when you are filled with the holy spirit as referenced next 238 you the initial sign of being filled with the Holy Spirit is speaking with tongues. And if you haven't spoken tongues, you have you do not have the Holy Spirit. Hmm. That is their belief. 
Um, so, and I mean, they will take that to their grave. Like, like if you are witnessing to somebody, that's like the first thing you're, you're asking them. Have you ever been filled with the Holy Spirit? Well, what's the Holy Spirit? Oh, you know, you speak in tongues and just go to laying your hands on someone and trying to get them to speak in tongues, which there's a lot of spiritual abuse there. Yeah. Uh, I've experienced you know, that. You got people that are like, yeah, I know you told me this. Right? Yeah. You got people that are like sixty years old that have never spoken tongues, and they think that there's something wrong with them. Yeah. Um, the psyche that that could do to someone, the self confidence, they feel like they're doing something wrong. They're God's mad at them. There's a lot of different thoughts that could come with that line of thinking that is very unhealthy. Um, but um, I will say, in the sense that 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 is what they believe. Um, repent, be baptized, Jesus saying, receive the Holy Spirit, um, Acts 2.38, and then Acts 2.39, they're like, well, it's for everybody, because it says it's a promise unto you and your children, all that are far, all those that are far off. Um, so I think everyone should. But then you have Paul saying, do all speak in tongues? Do, do all speak in tongues? I do believe that spiritual gifts are for everyone. I believe in all the spiritual gifts, every single one, believe in tongues. Um, I don't believe that it is the only sign of the Holy, the infilling of the Holy Spirit. I think it's a sign, but there's a lot of different signs that someone's filled with the Holy Spirit. Um, and I would venture to say, I don't care if you've spoken tongues, if you aren't um, showing the fruits of the Spirit in your life, yep. you, I would think that if you're, well, if a good you're, tree can't bear bad fruit. Exactly. Yeah. If you're filled with the Holy Spirit, then you show fruit fruit that is spiritual correct right um so i would say and you asked me to tell you say what i believe now yeah um yeah i would say what i believe now is repentance is very biblical we have to repent um i've wrestled with this a lot um i would say i think baptism is necessary i don't think it saves you <laughs> so people are gonna be like well how do you if it's necessary then it, you know it's a part of the process of being saved. It is not what saves you. Right. Um, so I do think people should be baptized. Um, and as far as um, the infilling of the Holy Spirit, um, the Bible says that you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Not you might if you really believe hard enough. Or you possibly could if you just... You know, just take all the thing, all the clutter out of your life, and you know God can finally come in and take control. That's not what the Scripture says. It says you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So what I believe is that when you repent and you're baptized, that when you come out of that water as a new creature in Christ Jesus, behold, all things are made new. Um, the Holy, you you are filled with the Holy Spirit. Like the Holy Spirit lives inside you. When Jesus came up out of the water in the Jordan River, the Holy Spirit descended on him like a dove. It just doesn't always manifest as tongues. Tongues. So I've seen a lot of people's lives dramatically change. People who have been in jail for murder, never spoken tongues, but man, when they, after they repented and got baptized, they're like a whole different person. Yeah. That's good fruit. Um, so I, I, I do believe in tongues. I believe I would encourage anyone to. I think it will dramatically change your prayer life. But it, it is not something that is necessary for salvation, nor is it if you don't speak in tongues, you're not saved because this is the only sign. Right. Um, 
So I, again, the only it, thing that can save you is does, what Jesus did. Does the UPC believe in prophecy? Absolutely. Okay. They do. Yes. All right. So uh, they believe in all the different. Yeah, they do. Gifts of the Spirit. I would say there's just a very, very huge emphasis on, on tongues. Right. That is like the main emphasis. Yeah. Real focus. Right. Interesting. Paul said, though, what did Paul say? I have no clue. <laughs> Come on, Timon. <laughs> yeah. We're going to a lot of things, dude. <laughs> I, I know he did. Paul, Paul said, Paul said, I speak in tongues more than all of you, but I would, I'd rather that you would prophesy. Hmm. Like, Prophecy is more important than speaking. Yeah, than speaking tongues. Yeah, that's Paul's opinion. We'll leave that to him. Yeah. But yeah. What does he know? <laughs> yeah. Paul doesn't know anything, bro. Yeah, some stuff he knows. <laughs> I'm just things. kidding. Yeah. <laughs> Paul. Paul's interesting because he was literally a Pharisee. It, yeah. You know, he was killing Christians. Yeah. Killing. And then just got radically like, that's the cool thing. I mean, that's a beautiful thing about the Bible is you see all walks of life and the mistakes. You know, and yeah. um. Yeah, so what, let's let me run back to when we were talking about someone who's maybe questioning the church and leaving it. You know, your stories in the Bible it's been played out so many different times. Mm-hmm. And, you know, God will bring you back. Mm-hmm. You'll get in a, you'll jump into a fish and go the opposite direction as far as you can. Yeah, I mean, you'll jump in a boat go as far as you can, and you'll get into a fish and then end up where you're supposed to be. You know what I mean? It's yeah, just where like, you're at. yeah, yeah. God's, God's cool like that. Um, so yeah, that's interesting. I just thought about that while we're talking about Paul. But. Yeah. Paul is <laughs> killing people, killing Christians, and, yeah. you know, had an experience. Yeah. And that experience changed his life. Yeah. And I feel like we all, if we seek the Lord, the Bible says, if you seek me with your whole heart, you will find me. Yeah. Um, I think at that time, Paul's situation a little bit different. God had a, the church was just starting, but, um, if you really seek well, the Lord, like God's with your, seasonal. God's going to do what He wants to do in that season, right? Right. But if you seek Him with your whole heart, He will answer. He will show up. Yeah. Um, so yeah. I've one of the big things in my life right now, and it's been for a, for a long time, is what's true. That's what I've been trying to figure out is mm-hmm. what's true because I grew up in the church as well, mm-hmm. and um, there was a time where I had to literally sit and be like. Do I even believe any of this stuff? And I went on my own journey trying to figure out mm-hmm. what do I actually believe. And um, sometimes you need to look at the world you're in and realize a lot of the stuff you believe is not true. You know, and that's the fun part of figuring things out. Yeah, <laughs> it's and it's not it's not. Um, it would be nice if there's a four step plan da, 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 and receive the Holy Spirit and I'm good to go. You know what I mean? But it's it's, yeah. Um, but man, it's, it's the formula piece, the box piece. That's the fun thing about God is he's not a box. Yeah. He doesn't do it this way every single time. Mm. That would get so boring and it would be so, I don't know. It'd be, if I was the enemy, I know exactly what the strategy is because it's this box and this way you do it every time. You know, mm. there's glad, no surprise element. Right. I'm glad it's way more intricate and weird. Yeah. And different than, than, you know. I'm almost certain that when <clears throat> Satan fell from heaven, when he when he got the idea in his mind, I think I can I think I can take God. I think I can do this. And he convinced, you know, a third of the angels that they could do it. Um, he probably thought he had God all figured out. And then there was a side of God he didn't know about. Yeah. And he was like, Oh, I didn't didn't know that was I think he's that was a thing. <laughs> I think he's hit that every single time. Yeah. You know? <laughs> 
That's the cool thing too. That's a lot of hope, especially with AI. Like, oh gosh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's a big fear of yours. Uh, yeah, it is. So been, it's the giants in the land. Yeah. And they're like, can I take those giants, God? They're like, yeah, you can. They're yeah, like, you can. No, they're literal demons. <laughs> Probably. Anyways, I saw some chat that was kind of uncovering AI and how it's just being used hardcore. I mean, the internet specifically is just like, Here's the crazy conspiracy. I'm just. I'm sorry. I'm taking over real quick. But go ahead. Um, By all means. I've been saying this to different people, but uh, W is um, in Hebrew, and every Hebrew letter has a numeric value. Correct. And so W, the English translation to W, and translated to Hebrew, that numeric value is six. So every time we go on the internet, we're punching in in Hebrew if you're translated. Six six six, www. Yeah, mission seventy two. Yeah, yeah. I mean six six six. Biblegateway.com. Yeah, but that's what you're. Every time you punch that in, that's a little kooky for sure. You know what I mean? But also, where did the internet come from? I think CERN, Al Gore, right? But CERN, I'd say Al Gore. Yeah, that's what they say. He invented <laughs> the internet. Um, but it's there's just some interesting things man with the internet and there's a lot of evil on the internet we're seeing that all the time confusion a lot of confusion it is just making things confusing so that's why i want to seek after truth what is truth where is truth what and um so yeah anyways that's my kooky take of ww that is that is funny that is interesting (laughs) yeah Oh. Yeah, I think W it translates to like va or wa or something like that, which is seven. Yeah. Look it up on, on the internet, www.google, it'll tell you. <laughs> I don't know why I had this thought, but I wanted to share something I heard from Bema. Okay. It literally does not apply. I just feel like I'm supposed to share this for some reason. Yeah, share it. But it's just something I heard um, on the podcast the other day. Um, when God is looking for Adam and Eve after they sinned. And Adam and Eve hid themselves. And God shows up and says, where are you? And Adam says, well, I hid because I was naked. Well, the Hebrew word for where are you, I'm not really sure what the word is, but it's translated. It's not like, in the way he explained it, it's not like you set your keys down well, it's not like you lost your keys. Like, where are my keys? I can't find my keys. Um, but it's in the sense of, I put my keys here. I knew those keys were there, and now they're gone. Mm. Where are my keys? Um, that was the way that that wording was used when God asked. That's how it's translated. Like, this is where you're supposed to be, and you're not there. Why aren't you there? Mm. That's kind of what God was asking. And he's like, well, we hid because we were naked. He said, God goes, well, he didn't say, whoa, 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 whoa. This is why it's okay that you're naked and trying to explain it all to them. He says, well, who told you you were naked? Like, who told you you were naked? Like, you've been naked this whole time. Who knows how long they live in the garden? You've been naked this whole time. There's never been a problem until now. What changed what voices have you been listening to? So like that that phrase of who told you were naked in the Hebrew is translated, almost translated into 
what other voices have you been listening to? And isn't that something that's happening today? Oh, yeah. Like, and the lies, the, the self-identity issues, and I don't know who I am, maybe I'm this gender, maybe I'm that gender, you know, and it doesn't even just apply to that, it could apply to any other, any kind of, who am I? Am I Republican? Am I Democrat? Yeah, what am I? What is life? What is the meaning of life? And God is saying, I made you perfect. Like, like you, I made you in my image. You are my crown jewel creation. What voices have you been listening to that that is telling you that your worth is down here when I say your worth is up here. Mm. And I, I just think that's so interesting because it, those are the things I thought of when I heard that. I don't know. I just felt led to just share that story because I feel like it's so relevant for the things that we're experiencing in the West yeah. today. So it's going back to what is truth and trying to listen to that. Yeah. It's a very important thing because yeah. there's a lot of lies. A lot of lies out there. On the 666 world out there. (laughs) CERN's a scary thing. I don't know if we'll get into that, but... (laughs) I don't know enough. just know it's on a ley line, which is a little wild. It's very interesting. Yeah. Pretty crazy. And somehow CERN in the conspiracy world is connected to the the pyramids, right? Because they're all on similar ley lines. Right. That's flowing there. Then if you look at specific places... United States have nuked. Those are also on some ley lines. So it's just, it gets a little too many coincidences out that there. It's, it's really fun. Yeah. A lot of fun. Um, conspiracies are great. I love, I've got, that's kind of the podcast that I go towards Christian, non Christian. Yeah. Uh, I listen to some guys who are uh, ex Catholic who are just like, just wild fellas and they just get into some weird stuff and I'm like I've never heard this before and I think it's all garbage but I'm having <laughs> such a great Bam. time like envisioning like Knights Templars doing this oh, yeah. and that you know what I mean so and I and I love I, I can listen to anybody and the, like like I think growing up and what I grew up in it's like like I said before you don't listen to anybody else mm. you, else's material except for UPCI material or Oneness Pentecostal Theology material whatever perspective that is, it has to come from this line of thinking. Whereas it's like, um, I can listen to anybody. I mean, I think that's a dangerous place to be if you're not like solid in your faith. Yeah. Because you could just be like, you could by get, anything. You, yeah. You get swept away by anything. Yeah. But if you're solid in your faith and you know what you believe, you can listen to anybody. Most people have good things and then they could have some bad things. You're just like, well, I don't agree with that. You don't have yeah. to believe it. Yeah. But man, there's some knowledge that they probably know that you don't know that would be really it's helpful. It's prideful to not to, to think that anyone else has value or not knowledge. Right. Right? It's very prideful to think that. Yeah. yeah. I, who was it? I was hearing that like Mormons are more susceptible to cults because they come out of a cult. So Mormons who come out of a cult are more like the, there's a percentage, yeah. like a high percentage of them that go into a different cult because they that's come like from, That's how they yeah. identify basically. Because yeah, you come yeah. out and you're swayed by anything. Yeah. That, right? Yeah, because mm-hmm. you'll listen to it, you know, and it's yeah. you're not grounded at that point. So yeah. It takes a little bit to get grounded, and it's not fun. Probably yeah. pretty painful. Yeah, um, our identity should be in Jesus alone, not any denomination, not any um, type of cult or culture. Sh- I mean, it shouldn't be even in your job. Like, your identity should be in Christ, you know, and some of these things can be a part of, your life, but it's not who you are. Yeah. It's not your identity. 
Um, and that's a lot of problem with the identity. I feel like identity crisis is like, I don't know who I am. It's like we talked about earlier, but your identity is in Christ. If you knew that, the amount of anxiety and depression that I think people experience because of identity issues could be solved through finding their identity in Christ. And I know that's really easy to say. It's a, it's a process, you know? I mean, to know him and to, to get to know him and, and to have a relationship with Christ, it's a process. I'm not saying it's it's this thing you can just jump into, but... Um, yeah, can I share a little yeah, bit? Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> One of the things that I'm, I've realized over the course of life is I want to be more childlike. Not in maturity or you know things like that, but when I was a kid, I loved what I was doing in that time and just had the freedom to be myself. I came from a great family, so there was not trauma around mm-hmm. me. It was just like <clears throat> I'm in my own imaginary world, doing my own imaginary things, and having a blast and just being me yeah. at that time. I wasn't influenced by anything else, and so as I get older, I try, I'm trying to get back to that. Mm-hmm. Like, I want to be that little timid. Yeah. Does that make sense? Because yeah. I feel like God, that's who I, God made me as. Mm-hmm. And that sounds weird to say that, but it, that's, that's, I really want to be that um, kid who just loves life. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I, I feel like I've, there's been times in my life, especially when I went to Grace College, and I rag on Grace College all the time, mm-hmm. but I really wanted to be part of the group. So I took, you know, my identity and shoved it into this be part of this Christian college box mm-hmm. and uh, came out of that just like, oh, messed up, flipped upside down, not liking who I was. And after that, I'm like, I'm going to go back to being just Timon. Who is Timon? <laughs> who do I want to be? Who is, if I was that six-year-old kid, I was like, man, that's who I want to be when I grow up. You know what I mean? Like all those things. Yeah. I think that's a big ruling. I, don't, I feel like that's big, important for me. And because um, God made us, you know, and he, the feelings you had then, I mean, they're going to be way more mature now, but the 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 seed was planted then. Yeah. And now it should start to grow into something. Yeah. So, yeah. It's good. I like yeah. that. Um, <clears throat> I have one more question, and then maybe we can wrap it up, if that's All right, cool. go ahead. Uh, my question is for those, let's say there's people still in the church and maybe going through something similar. What would your advice be for those uh, as someone who's gone on, you know, has been in a place where the the culture and the the family and all that stuff is tied, and you kind of feel a little stuck, or maybe you're you're not growing, and you know that you want to start pursuing something else, what would your advice be? It's coming out of the situation you came out of. Yeah, it's a good question because I think it's going to be different for everyone, for everybody based on their situation. Yeah. Um, if you have a supporting cast around you, I would say do it. Leave. I, it's going to be hard. Um, it might be hard for a while, but if you have a supporting cast around you, they're going to help you get through that, and it's going to be worth it to be able to walk in your destiny and the purpose that God has purpose for you from the time you were born. Um, it's hard to be. It's hard to walk in a purpose. Um, confined by man. Um, again, that doesn't mean you're not um, accountable to anybody. That just means that it's hard to do exactly what God wants you to do if God asks you to do something that goes against what 
your denomination believes. You're not going to be able to do it. They're not going to let you do it. Um, so if you have a, if, if you have a system, absolutely leave. If you don't have a system, I would say just really, really dig deep in prayer, do your own studies, really study out the scriptures and try to do it in a way that is not through the lens that you've always been taught, but try to take what you've been taught your whole life and just kind of put it on a shelf for the time that you're, you're studying and just really explore the scriptures. Um, get into the meat and the potatoes of the scriptures. Contemplate, you know, does this line up with this? Does this really mean this? Or are they just taking the scripture from over here and putting it here? Yeah. What's the context? Yeah. What's yeah. the context? What's the cultural background? What, who, who are we talking to here? It's basic hermeneutics. But, um, but yeah, if you're in that place... Um, and even if you don't have a supporting cast, um, pray that God would bring, bring people into your life that could help you get through that. Because if you want to walk in your destiny, I think it's essential, um, that you free yourself from any kind of stagnation. Yeah. And just, um, just any kind of expectation or or whatever from man um so if you don't have that though if you don't have that supporting cast um you know obviously i you guys can reach out to me anytime and um i'm sure tim will kind of touch on that but yeah um, and i'm be happy to talk to you and talk through things if you just need coffee and talk through yeah if you need an outlet if you just need to explain how you feel what you're thinking I will sit there and I will listen and I won't say anything until you want me to talk. Like I'm here to listen to you. Um, so reach out at any time. Yeah. So, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. And whether, yeah, it sounds like any type of church that they've gone to, I'm sure they could reach out. Yeah. You've kind of. Absolutely. It's the same. It's going to be the same concept. Yeah. Just different backgrounds. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Yep. Very cool. Well, where, where can people reach you? Let's let's wrap up with that. Okay. Uh, yeah, I can be reached on Facebook. Um, Derek Newland on Facebook. Um, shouldn't be hard to find. It should say Goshen, Indiana on there. Mm-hmm. Um, or you can reach me um, through email at dnew89 at gmail.com. D-N-E-W-8-9 at gmail.com. Easy. That's perfect. Yep. Derek, man, thanks for coming on and telling a little bit about your story and just some of the stuff that you've gone through and chatting with me. Absolutely, man. It's been fun. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good time. It's good stuff, man. So, all right, folks, we'll catch you on the next Timmons podcast. Oh, any last words? Go Panthers. They're in the semi-state this weekend, baby. Two more games we win. We're in the state championship (laughs) next week. Coach Wolf, you deserve it. I love you. You're an awesome guy. You probably don't remember me from science class, but I remember you. Let's go Panthers. (laughs) Let's go Panthers. That's perfect. (laughs) All right. You heard it here. Let's go Panthers. See you guys. Bye.